Gear up as Cash Miller and a team of accomplished guests steer you on an enlightening voyage filled with valuable tips, fresh insights, and effective strategies. Welcome to Marketing Masters, the Agency Power Show. Hello everyone, this is Cash Miller. I'm the host of Marketing Masters and I'm the CEO of Titan Digital. Today, we are going to be talking about you know, your brand, but how your employees can actually help you get that brand out and ways you can control your messaging and stuff because it can be a scary thing when you're actually letting other people represent your company. And it doesn't matter if they work for you. You know, it's like I say, you want to be, you know, in control of everything. I've got Carrie Ann Stimson with me. You know, Carrie, it is great to have you on. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hey, Cash. Thanks so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. So uh, two hats. So my day job is that I'm the CMO of a financial services group of companies based in the Caribbean, headquartered in Kingston, Jamaica, which is where I, I'm based. Uh, and uh, my second hat is that I have a personal passion project where I'm the producer and host of my very own podcast. It's called the Internal Marketing Podcast. And in that podcast, I really focus on really enabling a conversation around how companies can better engage their employees as advocates of the company brand, which really is great for the brand and also helps to drive growth as well. So that's me. And that's why you're here today because of that particular topic, you know, um, you can drive a lot of growth in your business. If you get your employees more involved, you know, they can be advocates, you know, whether it be in-person things that they might be doing, events they're attending, social media stuff. You know, there are different ways that they can, you know, be um, contribute to, you know, your brand, your company and stuff and getting it out there. So let's talk about, you know, first inspiring them. Okay. It, it's like right a you know, a company that says, hey, I want to, you know, do this. But employees often are like, you know, eh, I don't know. I'm like, this is my job and I want to separate, you know, when I go home, I'm done, you know. So how do you inspire employees to actually, you know, partake? Yeah, so there's a couple of ways to do that. I mean, first of all, I like to remind folks that in much the same way when we have our customers, if our product or service isn't great, our customers aren't going to be referring referring it. They're not going to be talking about it. And in the same way, employees are about the company that they work for and the product or service that that company offers. If our culture, if our employee experience, if the products and services that our company provides aren't great, then employees themselves are not going to be excited or inspired, as you say, to promote them to promote them either. So the first thing is I, I recommend is that make sure that your product, your service, your brand is something that is worthy of being talked about and is something that your employees are happy talking about. Make sure that your culture is one where p- employees feel safe, they feel valued, they feel heard. And again, that the product and the service is really competitive and, and a great one to be able to promote. So let's start there. The other way, though, I think that we can inspire our employees' cash is that I believe that in everything we do, we must remember what's in it for me or the acronym WIFM. Right. (laughs) What's in it for employees if they were to be the ones promoting your brand? So, again, when we talk about brand promotion and revenue growth, we're typically thinking about the company, the bottom line and all the great metrics that we track as a company. 
I believe it's important that we share with our employees what are the benefits to them when they do that, right? And one of the great benefits I always encourage companies to share with their team is the building of their own personal brands as individuals, Mm. as employees. There's a great opportunity for employees who want to put themselves out there on great platforms like LinkedIn or if they want to have their own podcast or start a blog. They're They're looking at the opportunity of them building a personal brand that benefits themselves personally and at the same time the company brand gets get, gets to go along for the ride and I know we're going to dig into the risks of that in a little bit but I would say those are the two ways make sure that what you have to promote is worthy of promotion and employees feel the same about that but also they need to see the benefit that's inherent for them which is the opportunity they have to build a great personal brand for themselves as well. Well that's an interesting um you know, kind of observation because, you know, that they can build a personal brand. When we think of, you know, that they're putting their brand out, you know, like a company is, you know, if their employees are helping, they're, you know, they're talking about it some and whatnot, but I hadn't really thought about it from the perspective of that employee can be doing something on their own. And I guess like an example that, you know, could be given is, you know, if you've got a brand that, you know, it might be somewhat well-known, but let's say you're trying to, I guess, uh, you know, sort of a brand ambassador within your community, in a sense, if you have employees that are going out and they're representing, you know, and they're doing it as, you know, it's not normally what they might do, but they're attending events or something. And they're, every time they do it, they're still the person that's there. They're, you know, or if it's on social media and they're sharing it, they can build their own followings and stuff. And those things can bring attention to them because employees, we know they move, you know, they might yeah. not always be with your company and such. You it know, is what it is. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It is what it is. But if they take the time to promote you, that can make them look better for one, you know, yes. to other potential employers, you know, another, you know, like greater opportunities than maybe yes. your company can offer them. So, you know, building yes. a personal brand allows for that. That's, that's really cool. Um, you know, now let's talk pros and cons though, for a second, because, mm-hmm. you know, there's benefits to a company, and I want to take this um, like almost two angles: uh, the pros and cons to the company, but also the pros and cons to the employee, because you talked about yeah. building their personal brand. So, yes. we'll, you know, so cover each one of them like separately a little bit. Absolutely. So to start with the company on the company side, so the pros and cons, I think the pros are pretty straightforward in the sense that, you know, when you think you have your employees, a team of employees who are out there building their personal brands, putting out valuable content online, especially content that's industry related to what it is you as a company are doing, you are really and truly as a company brand benefiting from that because you get to go along for the ride, right? Mm-hmm. So here you have an army of people. When you talk about even in the world of social media, as a company brand with your company page, which we must have, uh, the social media platforms, the algorithms aren't always very friendly to company accounts. And they say, look, if you want the reach and the impressions and the engagement that you're seeking, you're going to have to pay for it. But yeah. when you look at individuals on social media, individuals mm. who are sharing organic uh, content that are building communities in human and authentic ways, they get to enjoy much greater reach and impressions That's than your point. company brand through 
could do through your own company accounts. And so that's the biggest pro. You're getting an army of people who are talking about things that are related to what you do as a company and in the industry with their communities that's getting great engagement. The obvious con, of course, and I know your audience probably picked that up already, is that, you know, you you do run the risk when you have individuals putting Mm -hmm. content out there, putting themselves out there. They They reflect the company brand, whether we like it or not. And so the con is that if you have someone who may say something that's in contravention of what it is you stand for as a brand or heavens forbid they give out information that's perhaps a bit too confidential or proprietary Mm. to the company there is that risk and i know we'll get into the mitigation factors that you can put in place but those i'd say are the biggest pros and cons on the company side on the employee side the pro is a great personal brand, you know, in a difficult job market, it doesn't hurt to have a great brand where you're positioned in a way that you can put your knowledge, your experience out there that demonstrates to an audience or recruiters that, hey, I know what I'm doing. I'm doing a great job um, and I'm part of an awesome company already and an awesome team. And these are the great things that we're doing. Uh, the con side, uh, I believe, for the employee is that you don't want them to be perceived as being a walking, talking billboard for the company, uh-huh. right? Uh, because the con side is, first of all, your community really doesn't want to just be hit with company content all day yeah. long. Our company is great. This is why we're awesome. It's like, okay, can we just get real? <laughs> you know, can yeah, we just get personable? Sure. Can we get content that's really valuable? And so we want employees to make sure that they're striking the balance between sharing great information about the company that they represent, yes, but also recognizing that they're serving their community first. And so the content that they put out there needs to be value added to the community, recognizing that either way, they're going to be able to build build a great personal brand for themselves at the same time. I want to ask you about that. Okay. So, and to, to give a specific type of example, um, you know, my agency, we've dealt with um, a lot of insurance agencies over time. And so we've gotten, and I've seen a lot of individual like insurance, a, you know, um, agents and such. And this can happen in real estate and stuff too, where you have the individual and they're putting themselves out there, they're building up the brand and whatnot, you know, they're helping with that. But when you have a specific, um, you know, industry like that, they can become, it's almost like actor typecasting, you know, like you get known for a role, you know, and nobody will hire you for a different role because you're always that person. Yeah. And so I wonder how do you kind of overcome that if you're the individual, you know, like, is that going to stop you from doing it? I guess is the question because I'm known for insurance. So mm-hmm. if I want to get out of the field, like I can get a job with another insurance co- you know, company Easily, or something. right? <laughs> yeah, no problem there. But if I'm yeah. trying to, you know, if I'm trying to switch careers, then how would I approach it? Because I, w- I would think that that's like a fear you might have. And if you do too much of the branding, there's a downside. Right. And that's a great question. And I think, first of all, I'd remind everyone who who is an employee putting out content on a platform like LinkedIn or Twitter or now threads, uh, that first of all, you're human first, right? So it really is first and foremost, not about just spewing. So if in the case to use your insurance example, it's not about spewing insurance content every day and I'm beating folks over the head. Uh, 
if it is you have another interest or skill set that you want to showcase through your LinkedIn platform, feel free to do that too. I mean, as a CMO myself, if you look on my page, I don't only talk about marketing. I talk about leadership. I talk about team member engagement. I talk about business communication and communication strategy. And so what that does is it shows that I'm certainly wide and varied with respect to the skill set that I have, the experiences that I've been able to bring to the table. And you are able to engage a broader audience so people get to see you in different capacities. So even if I get like a speaking engagement or I get invited to work on a project, I'm not just on a marketing project. I get a speaking gig to talk about women's empowerment because they would have seen a post I did for International Women's Day and how I'm doing the work like life balance thing, you know, so it's important to remember that there are plenty of opportunities for you to showcase who you are, not just the industry that you're in or the company that you're working for at that particular time. So, okay. So that's kind of goes into, if you're, if you're going to be pushing the company, if you're going to, you say, yes, I am willing to help promote the company and get the name out there more. You want to be thinking about it so that it's not just that, you know, you start to say, okay, I want to start branding myself too personally and being known for more because of opportunities that can come along that you don't necessarily realize, you know, when you first start, but that way you've got a combination. You're not just, you know, they don't just see you as doing insurance or something else, right? You know, Mm -hmm. over and over you're, you know, so it is a, it becomes a conscious decision to say, you know, okay, I'm willing to put myself out there. I'm going to build my personal brand. This could help build my career. And then if it's benefiting the company that I'm working for, because I can include that, that's going to make me look also better. You know, let's talk about this because, you know, if you're willing to do that, there's another benefit to the employee as far as the company they are currently with, you know? Um, And so what would that benefit be? Because like, you know, you've got, I don't know. I see it as being, you're doing something to stand out for that company, you know, within management sees you any number of things, right? Yes, yes. So for the employee, absolutely. It helps to position you as someone who, again, is not just in one particular area. We can stick with the insurance example, but it shows not only the external audience what it is you can do, your expertise, your experience, but you're right. It also positions you uh, for top management as well. I think what it also does, and I just love to piggyback on that and talk about the benefit to the company as well, is that what you're also doing is you're positioning the company as a great place to work or Mm. what some would call a great employer brand. Because when you have employees who are just robotically talking about insurance all day long, again, sticking with the insurance example or whatever industry you're in, Mm -hmm. um, it seems robotic, it seems inauthentic, and it's almost like, well, it looks like the company is mandating this or dictating this. These people are probably not even happy about it. But if you (laughs) You have your body of employees (laughs) who are, you know, are just, we say to them, look, just talk about what's, what you're passionate about. Yes, you're in our industry. We encourage you to share thought leadership, subject matter expertise with your community. But if you're passionate about an area that, uh, 
is, is something that is within your background or, or something that you really want to lend your voice to, then once it's, in, once it's not in contravention of what the brand stands for, then please, by all means, share it. Because what you're doing is you're showing your community that these are happy, engaged employees. Yeah. They're on LinkedIn. They're sharing great content. They're obviously not being muzzled in any, in any significant way beyond what's reasonable. And when you're building that great employer brand, what the company does is they're able to attract great talent because that's another yeah. con companies have about employees sharing. It's like, hey, they're going to be poached by another company and we're going to lose our people if we start putting them and allowing them to put themselves out there on LinkedIn. But even if that were to happen, Cash, ultimately, you're able to attract great talent to replace mm-hmm. those positions as well because again your army of employees would have been painting such a great picture they're positioning themselves as happy and engaged people and the company still benefits even if they do happen to leave for a different opportunity elsewhere no yeah, well, that's a really good point that you make because you know companies yeah they can often be afraid of letting them do that but you are companies always want to in the recruitment space they want to show yes. you know that this is a great place to work and stuff and well you always want it's the employees that really need to be showing that off and uh, and a lot of times it's very hard to get them to do that you know if you don't have some sort of a program in place or whatever so the company ends up trying to do it but it's not it's not really authentic right you know? yes indeed um, yeah, Indeed. so because we, we we're supposed to say great things about our own company if we're the company account, right? Yeah, <laughs> but sure. when your people say it and it comes from an authentic place, uh, um, there you you can't pay for that kind of brand promotion. So yes, yeah, and so it helps in the recruitment. And you're right, you know, you may lose a great employee because they were put out there, and everybody, mm-hmm. but you also because of the fact that you're willing to do those kinds of things, maybe they stay even mm-hmm, and yes. they help mm-hmm. and they help attract other people because you know it's it, even how you're promoting the brand with your employees and stuff you know it, it goes back to the culture you know of what you've you know developed and so i really think that's a interesting how you know if you a company is willing to put itself out there and say look i'm going to trust my employees yeah the things that can happen there's multiple benefits that they might not be realizing on the service because yes. initially it's like think sales where it could be a totally different realm that it actually makes mm-hmm. a difference in. You yes, know, indeed. How do how do companies though, if they're going to go ahead and they're going to say, okay, I'm willing to do this, I'm going to try. You know, well, how are they going to control it? Because you know, companies want a level of control because we know in the case of you know, especially you know, any kind of brand, if you're trying to put yourself out there and you you're trying to keep a consistent message and everything, well, you've got employees. How do you put a program in place that's going to have a level of control where the company and the management and stuff can feel comfortable that they're able to trust their employees to put it out and they're going to do it in such a way that is, you know, they're not going to, you don't want to end up with a bunch of fires they got to put out because of the things that might have been said because you didn't have any, you know, because those things can happen too. So how do they handle it? Yes, indeed. Well, I'd start my response by saying cash, and maybe some folks may not be happy hearing this, but um, you may not be able to control everything your employees say, but you certainly can feel comfortable 
when they're saying it. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, the goal that you should go after. It's not so much control, but getting to a level of comfort. And so the first thing I always recommend is make sure you have your social media policies in place. Mm-hmm. So a social media policy is that policy that a company puts out there that basically puts the guidelines and the guardrails uh, in place for employees to be able to know what they can and cannot say on social media. You know, you want mm-hmm. employees to feel safe to share their voices online. But it's also important that they understand what the brand stands for. And as representatives of the brand, whether you like it or not, we can't be a brand, for example, that's big on love and unity. And then you're going out there and spitting your anti-Semitic content, you know, it's just not going to fly, you know. So Mm -hmm. uh, let's start there. So make sure that you have the policies in place. Make sure that you train your employees in in those policies so they are aware you don't just send it on an email or post it on an intranet. Engage them, train them. So they understand. And as I speak about training to cash, I think another great opportunity that companies should be looking into is training their employees in personal brand building and management. How can they build and manage their own personal brands? What do they stand for? Uh, What are their own values, their audience? How do they want to connect the kind of content they want to share? Because I'll tell you, you know, again, in my job, we we have a social media policy for our company. We have been trained in it. I'm obviously the CMO. But even as an employee, what I've found is that when I'm doing my podcast, which has nothing to do with my employer, my boss isn't losing sleep at night that I'm not good. I'm going to be on my podcast talking about anything that's in contravention of the brand. So let's start with the policies and provide the training in the policy, but provide also personal branding training because ultimately employees want to make sure that their personal brands are solid, not just for their employer, but for their next employer or their next opportunity. So make sure those strictures and guardrails are in place and uh, you should be comfortable if not being able to control everything. Okay, well, I'm going to ask you a question, though, that, <laughs> you know, because you, you mentioned and the, it occurred to me, okay, so how do you monitor what's mm. going on with them, okay, and what do you do if you, so for example, they're not putting out anything that's, you know, negative about the company, okay, so because mm-hmm. monitoring can be uncomfortable on the employees, but you've got yes. to do something to keep track of what's going on and make sure that they are putting out yeah. things that are, are good. Like, you know, cause you got to keep an eye on it no matter what. Yeah. You don't have to, you're yeah. not dictating what they're saying or anything like that. You're just making sure that if something happens, you're aware of it so you can deal with it. But what if you end up with an employee who has other unrelated stuff? Mm-hmm. Like a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, like no, not even a podcast. No. What or if what they put out, what if what they put out online though is controversial conspiracy mm-hmm. theories or anything like that. And, but then you've got them as a brand ambassador. So yeah. your, your company stuff is mixed in with their personal stuff. And you may not be like, they could be a good employee, but there's some of the stuff can be questionable and it's in their personal life. They don't bring it to work. Okay. So normally you might leave it alone, Yeah, but now you've yeah. asked them to mix it in, you know, yeah, like I mixing yours. Okay. So how do you approach that? You know, right. I say, and that monitoring issue, how do you keep an eye on it, you know, without being offensive to all your employees? All very valid concerns. So, so first of all, when you talk about brand ambassador or what we call brand advocates or employee brand advocacy, there are companies that have formal programs in place where you 
put basically a feelers out to say to employees, anybody wants to join our employee advocacy, brand advocacy or ambassador program. And in that program, what you're doing is you're engaging a team of employees to be those online voices for the brand. Uh, Some companies tend to be very structured in how it's done as far as putting content out on a shared location internally. And then their advocates would basically cut and paste and share in their personal LinkedIn accounts by way of an example. And they put the content out there. That's probably the tightest and strictest form of control. Uh, Obviously, the the risk is that it's not always perceived as authentic if all I'm doing is pasting company content. But then there's the hybrid approach where, yes, we do have content that we're inviting you to cut and paste and share because it's something that we can Mm -hmm. control because we've created it. But again, we're also giving you the freedom to speak. Again, I would say, Cash, that it is a catch-22 because you can't always control everything. If I can share personal experience as a CMO, I found myself on a national radio program being interviewed by a popular host because one of our employees Uh who (laughs) saw the social media policy and who was trained in it created a burner account on Twitter and posted something highly inappropriate. And the sad thing is, is that in as much as the burner account didn't have his name and he wouldn't have known who he was, in the post, he posted a picture. He posted a picture maybe three tweets before that. And um, he was identified as a company employee. And I was on national radio asking to explain, what is this? Do you guys agree with this kind of rogue behavior? And da, 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 da. Now, what happened in that instance, Cash, and it's something I remind all marketers about, again, because we can't control what everybody does, right? Mm -hmm. They can go on Glassdoor and put your company on blast. Uh, Ultimately, the brand is still the brand. And certainly what got us through that scenario, Cash, is we had such a strong company brand to begin with that we were able to come on, me being the representative, saying, hey, look, uh, we didn't know that this employee was doing this. Uh, As you know, consistent with the brand values that our constituents know we have, we certainly do not condone this. And uh, these are the steps that we're taking internally to uh, engage this employee in what he would have done at the time. And how we're going to be addressing it internally as much as we could have shared that. There are some things that are confidential, of course, that I wouldn't have disclosed. And we found the situation to be cleaned up very, very quickly. Because, again, I think we also need to give our customers and our target audiences the benefit of the doubt in knowing that if they know our brand and what we stand for. If we have a rogue employee who is putting up burner accounts and doing stuff and we say, look, this is what we've done to protect that. This is not who we are and this is not what we stand for. Then... They'll quickly forgive and they'll know who the who the bad guy is in that instance. Yeah. And so we just have to deal with it. But, you know, again, we'll never be able to control. We just put the, the guardrails in place and be as authentic as we can as we engage our constituents if and when something like that does happen. Well, it sounds like, you know, if you did a more formal, not necessarily the strict guardrails, but mm-hmm. an, a brand ambassador program yes. you know, it would be the best way to go. So you're not like bringing it, just like allowing any employee to participate. Right. You're selectively choosing them, you know, and making the offer. And if they you know, decline, they decline. But I right. think it would allow you on the front end to vet them a bit more because you can check their yes. social media profiles specifically yes, and indeed. stuff, you know, to say before they are allowed in. So you can at least make better choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 
I think that, you know, so alleviate some of the risk and then you can, you don't have to have the strict guardrails, but you have checked them out to make sure that Absolutely. it doesn't look like they would have that kind of behavior. Yes, indeed. And, and that certainly helps. And as I said, ultimately, we can't control everybody. As I said, we had this rogue employee who was just going postal on Twitter. But um, you have your army of ambassadors. You have a strong brand so that if if something happens that you didn't plan for, you can quickly come back from that because your constituents know who you are. Yeah. Um, you know, keeping things consistent too, you know, is also matter. So the, yes. you've got your company, your brand, you know, you've decided, to, okay, we're going to put it out there and such, you know, but, and you've talked about being able to have a stricter program, you know, where here we, we provide you exactly, you know, what you're going to have. But so how would you kind of go about running a less strict program? Because if you're not providing the things they yes. need, how do you end up, you know, where they're building things up for you, you know, if you're not giving them the, the actual materials and saying, okay, here's, here is a post, please share the post, you know, so what are some other methods you might go about, you know, with it? Right. So, yes. So, you know, that that very strict approach, I know some companies do it. It's not something I advocate for, honestly. I do believe a hybrid approach is useful because sometimes even your brand advocates with the best intentions don't always know what to post. So if you have a nice repository of content that they can take and if not repost carte blanche or they could just say, look, I'm going to take this and repurpose it mm -hmm. into language that I'm more comfortable speaking in in my own platforms. And feel free to do that. I think a hybrid approach is great. Uh, I think what's also important, Cash, to consider is that where our employees are concerned, there is an opportunity for them to. I'm sorry, Cash. I'm sorry. Could you ask a question again? Ah. I lost my train of thought. Yeah, I've had a few that's why I do know, that. that's why I, I love the opportunity well, going, to record and edit. I'm yeah. sorry. If you're going the hybrid approach though, where mm -hmm. you know, how besides formalized content that you're providing, how do the employees go about, you know, what does a hybrid approach actually look like? Because what's the other right. half of it? Right, right. So the other half of a hybrid approach is really about employees putting content out there that they're passionate about. Right. And so, for instance, in my case, I have a podcast. I'm passionate about internal marketing. Certainly, JMMB is a financial services company. There's really nothing to do with internal marketing in, in our business model. But I see the opportunity to cross-reference internal marketing to the culture of JMMB and what we stand for and the values that we have. Uh, so what happens is, is that when I'm putting my content out there, folks get to see either a consistency or an alignment with my role with JMMB as a marketer, the brand that JMMB has, and the message that's coming out in the podcast that I have to share. And you know what? I think there's also an opportunity, Cash, for companies to consider how can we collaborate with our employees and the content they're creating. So mm. I know in our, in our team, we have uh, our graphic designer, she's a travel blogger on the side. She loves oh. to travel and she has her own travel blog. Again, travel has nothing to do with JMB Financial Services sure. Group. But what we've done is we've found ways to collaborate with her and her content. So there was one piece on our social media platform where we asked her to provide some tips on how to do a solo vacay on a budget. Right, because ah, she's a travel blogger, sure. and so we were able to showcase her content on our platform. So she got exposed to our community as a company brand, and then she got a chance to share 
her life at JMMB and her connection to the company on her blog with mm. through the same piece of content. So I think it's just, again, just being open to the fact that our employees are people too. So we can share content with them that they can use or repurpose, but giving them the empowerment to be able to generate their own content and find ways to collaborate and share across the line so that everybody benefits as well. Yeah, that's that kind of goes into the importance of if you're going to do it, do a formalized program, you know, because of that, you know, because you need to work with the employees that are going to be part of it. You need somebody kind of coordinating things, you know, providing the formalized stuff, but also, you know, looking for opportunities with each person and being able to kind of brainstorm with them and saying, okay, what do you do on the side? Are there opportunities? Because that's a really good one, the travel. And then you say, you know, traveling on a budget, which is a financial related thing. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so those opportunities exist, but often companies, you know, I think don't realize or don't know what goes on in the individual lives that much that are, you know, on the side. So, and you, and you know, you don't want to pry too much, but you want to be able to, you know, ask them and say, okay, because now you're brainstorming, you're saying, Hey, you know, what is it you do? Where do we think we could, you know, work together in it? And, you know, you're building up that personal brand there. And of course, in your example, you know, you've also helped them because of what they do on the side, you know, get more exposure too. So it was a nice little trade-off there as well. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And, you know, who would have picked up on those opportunities? If you have a a structured employee brand advocacy program in place, whoever is the coordinator or who are the coordinators of Mm -hmm. that program, they'd be the ones looking out for those opportunities as well. So they're engaging the brand advocates. But even in the case of this uh, travel blogger team member, she wasn't a formal part of the employee advocacy program. But because she had our travel blog and we caught sight of that, we saw an opportunity. We jumped on it and then we shared the opportunity with our advocates to provide them with further inspiration about content that they could generate in their area of passion that could could really cheer I guess provide a a collaborative opportunity with the company brand as well so whoever that employee brand advocacy officer is uh, for want of a better term they're not only taking care of the program but they're also on the lookout for other collaborative opportunities across the company with other employees who are already using their voices online. Hmm. Well, this has been really good. What would be your, if um, a company wanted to start such a program, you know, how would they go about, what would be your recommendations in putting one together? Right. Well, so assuming that, again, your your product in terms of your culture is one where employees feel safe, heard and valued and you have all of the guardrails in place by way of your social media policies uh, to be able to guide that, then I would recommend just first of all, throwing a net out there that says, hey, you know, we're starting this program. Are you interested in building your personal brand online? Um, in a way that benefits you and ultimately benefits a company as well. See who raises their hand. Again, not everybody is mm-hmm. going to be comfortable doing that. So see who raises their hand, engage them, bring them together, similar to what we would have done. And we would have started out by saying, understanding what their goals are, what did they want to get out of their experience and the opportunities they wanted to leverage. See if there is alignment. One there, once there's alignment, you have your team of advocates together. Start out with training personal branding training, if they wanted to do something on social media, train them in how the algorithms or the platforms or what works as far as great content on those social media platforms and training them as far as how they want to show up as a personal brand online. 
And then once they have all the tools they need, even if it is a podcast, there's podcasting opportunities where they can be trained. And, and even if you want to go as far as providing them with the basic equipment they need to get started, it's really about training and empowerment at that point. And then you can get started again, have your repository of content that's available uh, that they can use, they can take and repurpose as their own, or just generally having them feel free enough to share their own content. I found what's also useful is that I believe that uh, encouragement sweetens labor. So we've had things like we'd have the social media ambassador of the week, where we share an email across the company that talks about, hey, this is Susie, and she is the brand ambassador of the week based on some of the work we see her doing on LinkedIn or on Instagram. And we give her an Amazon gift certificate as a nice <laughs> gift for what yeah. it is she's done. And what it does is, of course, it creates a bit of FOMO for employees <laughs> who see that and see one of their own doing exactly this thing online. And you encourage more people to come on board. And it's really just about encouragement. We have Slack groups, sharing successes and wins, algorithm update tips, content generation ideas. It's really just about making sure that you keep the team engaged and empowered and excited about being these ambassadors online for themselves and for the company brand as well. Yeah, well, it sounds like it helps, you know, build also a bit of company culture, too, because, they're, oh, yes. you know, because they all have this like, you know, collective mission to do it. And the company is rewarding them, to, you know, to for doing it, you know, in multiple ways. So I think that's really good. And I think, you know, people that participate in such programs, you know, often, especially with bigger companies, you don't often know, you know, everybody that's there. So you get people yes. that normally wouldn't work together, become part of a program and, you know, really um, kind of extend their own personal network, you know, of, you know, what could be friends, colleagues and stuff, you know, because you can have, yes. you know. Normally, they barely even, you know, talk to each other or or maybe <laughs> yes. never because of what they yes, do. Yes, indeed. It's Absolutely. Not, you know, yeah, because they do two totally different jobs. So there's not a reason Absolutely. otherwise. So I think yes. that's really great. Well, um, how would people get a hold of you, Carrie? Uh, you know, Carrie Ann, the, uh, your podcast, you know, yes, I say yes. so people can listen to, you know, more of this great advice, you know. Absolutely. So it's the internal marketing podcast. So if you Google that, you'll find it. It has a website and also it's also available on all major podcasting platforms. So I encourage everybody to jump on into the conversation, have a listen. And I'm also easily accessible on LinkedIn, Carrie-Anne Benton-Stimson. So feel free to follow along on the journey, join the conversation and connect with me there. Okay. Well, it's been really fun talking with you. I think there's a, you know, there was definitely a lot unpacked and, you know, to be able to learn from it's, you know, so I've enjoyed having you. Um, I am Cash Miller. I'm the host of Marketing Masters. I'm the CEO of Titan Digital. And that is it. You know, we are uh, wrapped.